Hello, Pats pals, Foxborough fans, and football freaks the world over, and I'd like to welcome you to Odyssey's edition of New England Training Camp Live. My name is Nick Stevens. You can call me your old pal Fitzy, and today I am coming to you from the shows of 93.7 FM WEEI Sports Radio in Boston for our debut episode going to be a very exciting series as we take you through the ups, the downs, the ins and the outs, the trials, tribulations, successes and failures of this one of the most interesting and important Patriots training camps in history. We'll be bringing you different guests with live perspective from all across the country and of course checking in regularly from Patriots training camp at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. On today's episode, we'll be joined in just a couple of minutes by my pal Ryan Hannibal, one of the writers, a football writer and Patriots beat writer for WEEI.com, and of course, one of the co-hosts of the Off Day podcast. That's a great name for a Pats podcast, right? You can tell Ryan later on if you get a chance. He's one of the co-hosts alongside Andy Hart of the Off Day podcast here for WEEI and the WEEI Sports Radio Network. This show, which of course you can watch live on the Odyssey app Mondays and Fridays at 1 p.m. We'd love your comments throughout the show. Please let us know how you're enjoying the program. And we'll try to take your questions about what's going on with the Patriots during this crazy and wild, this uniquely uncharacteristically, as Bill Belichick and Tommy Curran said, this uncharacteristically aggressive offseason and this massive preseason leading back into a season with fans back in Foxborough. And, of course, we know who's coming back to town on October 3rd. But let's not put the cart before the horse. Thank you guys for tuning in today to watch us. Of course, you can watch the show later on in the Odyssey app and listen to it as a podcast, both on the app as well as wherever you like to get your podcast. Now, to me, first things first, we're three days into training camp 2021 for the Patriots, and we have arguably, I'd say, one of the biggest, if not the biggest storyline in all 32 NFL teams' preseason training camps, of course. That would be the battle for QB1, Cameron Jarrell Newton versus good old Michael McCorkle, a.k.a. Mac Jones. And so far, the results have been varied. The interest is super heavy. It's, a, it's an unbelievably compelling preseason storyline. Like I said, I think it might be the biggest storyline in all of the NFL. And of course, you can look at some of the bigger storylines. There's at least one, one, one maybe two storylines that are as compelling if you look in every division, like the NFC East. Can Dak Prescott return to form and lead the Dallas Cowboys back to the promise of all of their offensive talent, where Jerry has been trying to steer him for all these years? Or maybe Washington. Can they put their vaccination arguments aside and make good on the potential of that very young and talented team that made it to the playoffs last year. How about the NFC North? Aaron Aaron Rodgers. And uh, is this going to be his final year? Is this, is, this the, is this the last dance for Aaron Rodgers after his very moody, pouty, and unsettled, jeopardy-filled offseason? I, I, don't, I don't know. I think, this is prob- I think this is probably the last dance for Aaron Rodgers, and it's an amazing storyline to follow. How about Justin Fields? Is he going to cash in and finally be the first 4,000-yard passer in Bears history? Can he unseat the red rifle Andy Dalton as quarterback, a quarterback that was linked sometimes in the draft to the Patriots? Look to the NFC South. Tom Brady. Yeah, that guy. We're pretty familiar with him around here in these parts. Can he actually lead the Buccaneers back to the playoffs as expected? They're one of the preseason favorites to not only win the NFC, but go back to and possibly win the Super Bowl. Can the GOAT get even goatier? and maybe win his eighth Super Bowl, go to an 11th Super Bowl 
overall. And how about in the, uh, also in that same division, life after Drew for the Saints. Now look to the NFC West. This is about as literally the NFC wild, wild West. This is anyone's division. Could Kyler coming back? Could Kyler stay healthy long enough to lead the very offensively talented Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury, that handsome offensive mastermind, back to, to the playoffs? Can they cash in? How about Matthew Stafford and the Rams? Can they do it? They've already suffered the loss of RB1 and Cam Akers this season. How about the Seattle Seahawks? Can Mr. Unlimited finally get the Seahawks on track and back to a Super Bowl uh, where they haven't been since Super Bowl 49 in the greatest play in history? You look over in the AFC, of course, you get the Bills. They're reloaded in the East. The Dolphins are good. The Jets have a new coach, new quarterback who just signed up. You go to the AFC North. Can possibly the most talented roster in the NFL, that's right, the Cleveland Browns, can the Browns make good on a great playoff run from last season and actually get further in the playoffs? Maybe could they even get to the AFC Championship game? Spoiler alert, I know this is only our first episode of New England Training Camp Live. They're my AFC Super Bowl pick. How do you like them apples? Baltimore Ravens, can Lamarvelous lead them further in the playoffs this year? You look to the AFC South. Does Ryan Tannehill have at his disposal possibly the most dangerous offense in the NFL, the best one-two punch at wide receiver? With A.J. Brown and, of course, Julio Jones acquired in this offseason. A price I think the Patriots probably should have paid only a second-round draft pick to get the recently injured 32-year-old receiver who, inarguably, I would say, has been a top-five receiver over the last 25 years and may go down as one of the greatest wide receivers in NFL history. Not to mention the juggernaut himself, Derrick Henry at running back. Very, very compelling. How about Carson Wentz with the Colts? Is he going to be able to actually get his career back on track with his former offensive coordinator and Frank Reich. And, of course, you look to the AFC West. I think Denver's got a loaded roster. They just may not be. They just may not have their quarterback yet. Maybe Aaron Rodgers will go there next year. Who knows? And who knows where Devonta Adams goes as well. But that's a loaded roster. But the big storyline there is, can the Chiefs recover? Will the Chiefs, after that humiliating domination by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a home field Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55, will the Kansas City Chiefs be able to get back on track. See, those are just some of the storylines that you'll be able to follow here when you listen to WEEI. And of course, all the different versions we have of Training Camp Live on the Odyssey Sports Network. And as I just ran through maybe the top 10 storylines in all the different training camps and all the divisions, I still think the battle for quarterback between Mac Jones and Cam Newton might be the most compelling of all. Because what you're looking at is, we'll call 2020 the wash season. It was a flush. The Patriots didn't have the money, like Belichick said. They sold out to make sure that they had everything that they could possibly have or need during the Tom Brady years. And then it just sort of fell apart at that point. Brady wanted to go someplace more fun. Didn't feel like he was getting the money he deserved or maybe the respect. Who knows why? He needed to move on for a million different reasons. But Brady moves on. You have the flush season with Cam Newton coming in at the end of June. Two months with a truncated preseason, altered by COVID-19. Very, very tough year last year. Obviously, the first losing season for Bill Belichick since the 2000 season when he first took over as HC of the NEP after he consciously uncoupled himself as HC of the NYJ. Patriots went 5-11 and that year. Brady takes over in 2001. You guys know the rest of the story there. Now it's 2021. The Patriots have loaded up the roster. They actually drafted somebody that we heard was linked to them throughout the entire offseason because we knew they needed a quarterback of the future. Who knows how long Cam Newton could possibly play for. He had a tough 2020 season, and now the Patriots spend a quarter of a billion dollars in the offseason, loading up on the defensive side of the ball. High-priced free agents like uh, edge rusher Matthew Judon from the Baltimore Ravens. They pick up Henry Anderson from the Jets. 
Davin Godshow from the Miami Dolphins along the defensive line. Jalen Mills, uh, the Green Goblin himself, who is sort of like a joker role as a cornerback safety hybrid back there in what arguably might be one of the best secondaries in the NFL this year. That is, as long as Steph Gilmore plays. And what do they do about J.C. Jackson? So many different questions. Then you look at the other guys they added on the offensive side of the ball. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. The, the Patriots' expectations have changed significantly. But, once again, they're in a very crowded, very competitive AFC East with improved Jets, new coach, new quarterback, a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. The, the Dolphins are only getting better every year. And we'll see how our old pal Tua does this year. And the Bills, some people have them ticketed to go back to the AFC Championship as well. All they did on offense was add Emmanuel Sanders. Just looking to get our guest in in just a moment here, Ryan Hannibal from WEI.com, live at Patriots training camp. Should be joining us momentarily. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Patriots, they spent a lot of money, but this quarterback battle is going to be insanely intense between Mac Jones and Cam Newton. So far, it's been back and forth. Cam has a great series. Mac has a great series. Today was a Mac Jones day. Today was a Cam Newton day. Three days in, let's actually get the right perspective. Let's get the first-hand account from our pal. Joining us now here on the uh, debut edition of New England Training Camp Live, live from... Here we go. There he is, live from Patriots Training Camp. Ryan Hannibal, you can call him at Ryan Hannibal on the social media, writer for WEI.com. Joining us from Patriots Training Camp, Hannibal the Cannibal. How you doing today, pal? I'm good, Nick. How are you? I'm doing very well, my friend. All right. I just heard on the way into the station today, I heard both Cam and Mac Jones talk. It seems like we've got a pretty good rapport between the two quarterbacks who are vying for one of the most coveted jobs in the NFL right now. Uh, what's your firsthand take? Have you seen the two of them interact? What's your firsthand take on how, how these two guys are vibing and getting along during their first camp together? Yeah, it's been actually pretty good. If you thought that the two are competing for a job, you probably wouldn't see it on the field. Like after Mac goes through a rep, Cam's right over. That even during the bad periods, Mac talked today that you know makes a mistake or has a bad you know set bad group of fans right there. So they're I think that they know ultimately you know to have success as a team, they need both players, and I think they're embracing that at least for now. And that's certainly a good thing for both players. Day three in training camp. Right. There's a lot of experience and charisma, energy, the engagement that Cam Newton gives off. And, you know, Mac Jones comes in. We've heard all offseason long. I mean, maybe like the I won't say the most cliche, but the biggest thing we kept hearing from Mac Jones all offseason is smartest quarterback to ever come out of college. So decisive, picks up the playbook so quickly. Uh, have you seen some of that um, that intellectual acumen that 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 the the playbook mastery and decision making through the first couple of days? That's been the biggest thing with Mac, actually, is, is how quick he gets the ball out. And that's something he was asked about today. And he said that's what he's always had that intangible. That's always been his sort of number one thing. And that's been the biggest difference, I would say, between Mac and Cam is, at least for the first two days, is a little bit better today. But Mac just got rid of the ball so much more quicker and was so much more decisive. But today, Cam did a better job in that regard. And I think with the Patriots offense, that's what, it, that's what it's really counted on, is your ability to get the ball out quick. That's what Brady was so good at. I think that's what Joshua Daniels wants his offense to be. So if, if Cam can get the ball out quickly and it's accurate, then I think that he has a you know a decent chance of making a, a run to start. But but right now, I really like what I see 
for Mac Jones, which is the ability to get the ball out of his hands quickly, make the right reads. While the accuracy hasn't been there, it's only day three, and you'd think as a rookie that would come with time. Uh, we're talking to Ryan Hannibal from WEI.com right here on the debut of New England Training Camp Live on the Odyssey Sports Network and the Odyssey app. Uh, one thing I've heard is that while Mac is definitely more decisive, uh, the arm strength might still be a little bit of an issue. Is his arm that much, I won't say weaker, but is Cam's arm that much livelier and stronger than Max at first view? Yeah, but that's, that's not like the worst thing in the world. Like, cause I would say Cam's arm, you know, the strength was shown basically with his incompletions that they were sailing over receivers. And then there was a couple of, a couple of plays where I think Matt could have, you know, used more velocity to get the ball to the sidelines. But maybe that just adjusting to life in the NFL, like in the college, maybe he doesn't have to get the ball with that much speed to the outside just because of the way the defenders are. Maybe here it's different. He's going to learn from that. So I don't think it's a huge, huge difference. And I think, honestly, I think Max is smart enough and has the physical tools to adjust to things and maybe realize, hey, I have to put some more zip on this ball to the outside than I did back in college. I mean, three days into a training camp, they don't even have pads on. We're not making full contact. It's more obviously than OTAs, a mini camp, or a slap and tickle. But at the same time, they're not playing. Uh, they're no, no human car crashes yet. Uh, if you had to say, here's who I see is in the lead, even judging the fact that Cam's been here longer, but Mac comes with the hype and he's so smart uh, and they seem to be taking a shine to him. Who would you say, like, let's, get, let's say the first three days are round one in a boxing match. Who would you say took the first round? Cam, slightly though, not by much at all. And yeah. I mean, it goes back and forth. Like day one was Mac Jones. Day two was Cam. Today, probably a slight edge to Cam. Um, so it's, it's certainly not that much. And then the Patriots have to ask themselves, is it, you know, if they're equal, do you just go with Mac Jones because he's the future? Or do you stay patient with them and maybe go with Cam for a week or two? So we'll see how that all plays out. And like you said, they're not in pads yet. They're not hitting. Right. They haven't played any preseason games or joint practices. So, sure, that could potentially change in the coming you know, weeks and, and as we go on. But right now, I think it's a slight edge to Cam Newton. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the intent Cam talking about at his press conference just about an hour ago outside the stadium. The idea that Cam feeds off the energy and he – engage not only in that energy overall but let alone with patriots fans i for one when i watched those videos the other day matt out in the rain wednesday he gets big cheers love to see that because he's part of the long-term success plan but cam who's been such a divisive figure in uh in the media and between fans uh from the ones i've seen online and the one I've ones i've talked to he's got a lot of love every time he walks that energy is that is that something that we've fallen in love with about cam tangible from where you're sitting no question. And there's been a couple instances where he's even like rolled the ball to the fans. And, and I, I, he, that's where he feeds off. He's right. I think that was a good point that he didn't have that last year. And maybe we were, didn't get the full version of Cam from that aspect. It was more than just the COVID thing and more from the, the inexperience with the playbook. So a new year, a new Cam. I think he wants to start fresh and, and have a new start. He said 2020 is in the past. And we'll see about that. And I think that it is true. It'll be different for, with the fans for a lot of people. And maybe having fans and that enthusiasm raises Cam's level of play. Maybe we'll see that for the first time in the preseason. All these things have the chance to play out, which makes for great content for us, great discussion over the next you know, several weeks before week one. I, I, it's the ultimate bargument. I started off today on the show running through what I thought were the top 10 storylines heading into preseason in the NFL. And I think an argument can be made that Cam versus Mac is as big as 
you know, will Dak be healthy? Can Brady repeat? Is this the last dance for Devontae and Rodgers in Green Bay? Uh, you know, will Tennessee have the most dominant wide receiver combination in history this year? It's a lot of really, really rich storylines that you can listen to here on EEI. You can watch on your NFL channels and whatnot. But Cam versus Mac is as big as it gets. One of the other big ones there, uh, Stefan Gilmore, will he make it back? Will, I know he's on the pup right now. Have you yeah. heard anything about maybe a deal getting worked out? Uh, do we think he's going to come off the pup and maybe lock his position in to arguably the best secondary in the NFL? Well, I would say he's probably not going to come off the pup until he gets a new deal. I think that's in his that what he feels is in his best interest. He doesn't want to go out on the field and risk injury um, without a new deal. So I would imagine over the next you know week or so, he's inching closer to getting back. And then I think once he's ready to come back is when they'll start to work out a deal. I think Mike Giardi of Federal Network said that he was okay with getting just a bump in pay and not a contract extension. But if that's the case, I can't imagine it's just like two or three million dollars more because I think that would have already gotten done. You know, we're looking at maybe, you know, close to eight or nine million dollars more. So that's something the two sides have to work out. But I think the Patriots realize they need Stefan Gilmore on their defense. They need him to be you know, what he is on the field for them to reach their full potential. So I would imagine a deal would get done before he steps on the field. And if I had to predict, it would probably be within the next you know, couple of weeks here before things really get close to the regular season. You need to have him you know, getting acclimated again with his teammates. You could argue that as big a trickle-down effect will be felt on the offensive side of the ball as to who wins the QB1 job between Cam and Mack as you would feel on the defense as well. So goes Gilmore. J.C. Jackson is your two. He's obviously one of the best number two cornerbacks in the NFL, nine picks last year. If Joan Williams can make it out in the field, Jonathan, ja- Jonathan Jones, like, it's, it's, it's massive. So we'll keep an eye on that one for sure. Appreciate the update. Um, before I get to a couple of questions from Twitter for you, Ryan, uh, tell me one or two other players that for good and bad, for all the right and the wrong reasons over the first three days, have popped to you or caught your eye. I like Adrian Phillips. He's all over the place in the defense, especially covering the tight ends. He's had some good battles uh, with Hunter Henry dating back to their days with the Chargers, and they picked that up here. He's had a couple of pass deflections, some interceptions. So he's looked good, and I think, honestly, just having the entire you know names on this defense back will make his role better, where he can play more where he's best suited to play for that given week as opposed to last year where he was thrown into that linebacker spot just having to, the defense to survive every week. Um, in terms of a worst player, it's hard to say because they're without pads, but I guess one player that we haven't seen much from, James White, which kind of continues last off last year where he didn't really have the seasons we're used to seeing, but he obviously had the off-the-field stuff, maybe working with Cam Newton was a little bit different, but he's been quiet the first three days. I don't want to you know, raise any red flags yet because it's so early, but he's a guy that you'd expect just to be more involved in the passing game given how long he's been with the team. Great. Okay, let's get a couple questions in here and then let you get back to your work, my man. Uh, first question from Twitter today comes from at UncleBuck617. says, guys, how big a role do we feel Hunter Henry is going to play this season? I've heard great reports about him through the first three days at camp. He's going to play a big role. I think the tight end is going to be a major part in the offense. When you look at the receiving core, it's not great. They don't really have that true number one option. I think they're going for the the basically your your most production at in the past game is going to come from the tight end. That could be very important. I would say Henry's role will be more for the red zone, whereas Johnny Smith is more get the ball in space and use his yards after the catch. Um, so I'd expect a decent year from Hunter Henry, especially when it comes to touchdown production. Yeah, caught a couple touchdowns the other day from Cam at the end of practice on Thursday, I believe. Uh, you'd love to see that as well. That's an early connection. He hasn't had 
that dependable a target, that big bodied pass catcher, probably since maybe prime Greg Olson from 2012 to 2017 or so. So it's been a while since he's had that guy. Uh, the other one, Ryan, comes from at the Maddie Blake. Guys, what do we see from Nelson Aguilar this season? Uh, he had a, actually a great practice today. I would say he was probably the best wide receiver on the field. He made his presence felt with the deep ball. Both Mac Jones and Cam Newton had some good connections with them. So that's something that they're looking to build, I would say. Just that you know, chemistry and rapport with both quarterbacks. So I think he's going to have a solid season. A guy that they look to to make plays down the field. And if he can do that, that opened things up. But right, the offense is very important. Yeah, it must be nice. I've read that Kendrick uh, somehow, excuse me, uh, that Bourne gets open, that he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's one of those guys that finds a way to get open. Uh, same thing about, obviously, Jacoby Myers. Uh, last question, does Jacoby Myers look like he's making real wide receiver one or one slash two progress? Because I love him. I think he's going to be – I think he's like that – he's like a, like a Gaffney-Dion Branch hybrid type. And what he showed us last year in 11 games was excellent. Um, you think he takes another step forward this year? I think he's the, probably the de facto number one receiver just by default. I think what we saw last year, if, they, if he did that again this year, I think that'd be great because you have guys alongside him that you didn't have last year, like the Nelson Aguilar's, like right. the Kendrick Bournes. So I think if he can give you what he gave you last year, that'd be great. I, I just don't see him as number one receiver type. He's just, that's just not who he is. He's an undrafted rookie who played quarterback basically until his last you know, year or two in college. So it's hard to put too much expectations on him. But if he is that solid number two, number three guy, I think that's great for the Patriots. It's all about the tight ends and the running game. And then you've got to call it a positionless or a rankless wide receiver group with a bunch of complimentary players. But to me, and I'm sure you remember as well, as do a lot of Patriots fans who are hopefully watching this right now, those were the winning ways back in the days of the David Pattons and the David Givens and the Deion Branches and the Troy Brown. So maybe we'll see a return to more familiar Patriots offensive football from the good old days uh, this year. You can follow Ryan at Ryan Hannibal on the socials. Ryan, when's the next off day podcast coming? Uh, I believe we'll have one Sunday into Monday. So we're breaking down the first four days of camp and looking forward to next week. So always stuff going on in that podcast. Appreciate the insight and the analysis, my friend. Uh, take care. Enjoy your weekend. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. That, uh, there goes Ryan Hannibal from WEEI.com with a fresh report from Patriots training camp. I, I, again, I can't get enough of that stuff. I, I really can't. I know this is a, uh, you know, some people think that preseason games and the training camp is like, you know, the seltzer and then adult hard seltzer of football when football itself is like a really tall beer. Hopefully I didn't just lose a hard seltzer sponsorship right there. I joke. I digress. Uh, I can't get enough of it. These competitions, like the storylines, the competitions. Can Jacoby Myers take that step forward? Does Damian Harris seize the RB1 role that it looked like he was streaking towards last year? When he got hurt towards the end of the season, showing up this year with Saquon Barkley-like legs. Don't forget, you can't spell legendary without leg day. And apparently, Damian Harris has that poster hanging up in his weight room at home. Will Steph Gilmore come back after he gets off the pup list? Can Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith make a difference as the number one target for the Patriots with the Boston Tea Party 2.0 out there? What other wide receivers? Will Kendrick Bourne see a lot of passes? Who's going to be the new slot receiver? Does Gunnar Olszewski see the field a lot as a receiver this year, following up his awesome second season as an all-pro 17-8 yards per punt return punt returner in the NFL? Who wins the quarterback job? How great is that offensive line? I heard Ted Karras got hurt today, got rolled up on, no big deal, walked off under his own power. But the fact that the Patriots have depth on the offensive line and they've got people like 
Trent Brown coming back, Isaiah Wynn, who needs a big year, though the Patriots did pick up his fifth-year option. And, of course, second-year wonder guard slash tackle Mike Onwenu, who was just dynamite last season. I can't tell – like, look, I love long bombs. There was nothing sexier or greater than Brady to Moss in 2007. And, of course, who wouldn't want to watch highlights of Patrick Mahomes? And there are going to be so many great teams. side of the line and you have a roughly a a generously underestimated 735 pounds of humanity coming at you or if those guys pull and cam newton pitches the ball or options left to damian harris uh wow i mean that's old school football right there and to me that's what it's all about that's patriots football that's what i was talking about with ryan just a minute ago right there about the idea that the patriots might be going back to complementary receivers with kendrick bourne and maybe you have Aguilar, though he got a high price, and that's going to be held against him this year. Hopefully that never becomes an issue beyond just a couple of angry fans on the phones here at EEI or on the social media saying that, you know, he's not playing like a 12 or $13 million receiver. Well, he got overpaid on day one in a crazy offseason because the Pats were flush with cash, and they knew they wanted to improve after having inarguably the worst wide receiver room in the NFL last season. So many interesting, compelling storylines to follow. We'll be bringing you guys a new guest uh, in addition to me being down at Patriots training camp with some of my own uh, fan analysis, if you will, since I am a huge Patriots fan. Admittedly, I'm a card-carrying member of the fan club, 47 years running now. Uh, it's going to be great. We'll get also some national writers, and hopefully during the course of the season, we'll also bring you some perspective from some of the other training camps that are part of the Odyssey Sports Network. I, for one, I'm very curious to hear how things are going in Miami. Savian Howard still has four years on his deal, but he's grousing for a new contract. Is that going to upset the apple cart on the Dolphins' defense? Will Fuller, uh, and they add Jalen Waddell to their offense with Tua and Devontae Parker. That's a wide receiver room right there. How's that, how's that progressing? How are things going with Zach Wilson now that he signed his deal? A very, very signing bonus. Top-heavy $23 million out of the $35 million up front. Okay, Zachy boy, spotlight's nice and bright down there at the Big Apple. Can't wait till his first miscue ends up on the back page of the New York Post. I only talked negatively about him for a minute because I secretly liked him as well and would have loved to have seen him on the Patriots. But hey, we got Mac Jones. Mac Jones! And I think he's going to be great as well. Patriots play the Jets, by the way, week two. I think the Patriots are going to be three. Just a little sidebar here. I think the Patriots have, so long as they have a healthy camp, Gilmore comes back and everyone emerges largely unscathed from this preseason with a couple of uh, shared group practices with the Giants and the Eagles later on. I think the Patriots have a real good chance to be 3-0 and heading into Ragnarok, as I'm calling it, uh, the war to settle the ultimate score in Foxborough when the GOAT, old Tommy boy, comes home October 3rd. I'll never be emotionally prepared enough for it. I can't imagine that you will be either. It's going to be – I will be talking about that in addition to all the battles and storylines going on through camp as we just try to comprehend the emotional magnitude of such an enormous game with such an enormous homecoming following the enormous success and the enormous contributions and subsequently the enormous hole that it left in all of our hearts when Tom Brady left, went to Tampa Bay, which is now Champa Bay, and brought his old pals Antonio Brown and the Gronk down there and became the Gronkineers. Oh, it hurts. I'll never get over it. I'll also never get over Macho Grande. But, hey, we live to be a football fan and follow these stories another day. All right, uh, don't forget, you guys, you can follow me on the socials at FitzyGFY. Please feel free to tweet your questions.
throughout the week, and we'll try to address them. We'll let you know who our guests are going to be in advance. So if you'd like to ask some questions of our guest as well. And of course, anytime that you're watching the show live, if you enjoy it as a podcast, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. And maybe thanks for watching after the fact. But if you're actually watching with us on the Odyssey app, feel free to jump in the chat at any time and say, hey, guys, great show. I'd like a little bit more of this. Give me some more of that. Or ask questions, and we'll try to put them up to our guests, like Ryan Hannibal today down at Patriots training camp. Some of the other beat writers and football talking heads, former players, experts, and more that we'll have join us here on the show. All right. That wraps up the first edition of New England Training Camp Live here as part of the Odyssey Sports Network on the Odyssey app. My pleasure to serve you guys once again. Please uh, feel free to leave uh, some comments or fill out a comment card. Tell us what you thought of the first show today. My name is Nick Stevens. You can call me Fitzy. And we'll be back on Monday with another edition of New England Training Camp Live. New stories, more perspective, more analysis, and never enough Patriots. Take care, everybody.